Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am John R. Bray. And I am Heather B. Armstrong. And we're now, what, a full week into spring? Almost? Almost. Half a week. We are in spring break. Which, apologies if there's some background noise. My teenager is having several other teenagers over, and they're then going to go to the mall. And then my... Other child is getting dropped off from her sleepover, and yeah, so there may be some children sounds in the background. It's very possible here as well. But. As they as they free roam, and I'm just like, leave me alone. Go go fix yourself some chocolate toast. That's right. And are they doing that reasonably well? Yeah. Um. I mean, Lita is completely self sufficient and. You know, I really don't have much in the way of making sure that she stays alive anymore. <laughs> it's, good. it's good, I suppose. Just to provide a roof and I provide the groceries, but uh, she gets around on the bus, uh, like the uh, the UTA, yeah. the um, transit system. Marlo is a little more hands-on still, but we're yeah. getting there. How about you? Yeah, I mean... It's only a day and a half in, but he has entertained himself. I guess technically the first real day, as as Lexton has told me, was yesterday. It was Monday. And he slept in until 1130 and mm-hmm. played video games most of the day while I worked and then complained that the day was over. So it's off to a pretty solid start, I would say. He complained that the day was over. It's like the day's already over. Like, well, yeah, you slept through all of your morning and then stared at a screen for your entire afternoon. So that's what happens. Yeah, she, man, they can sleep. I mean, I I used to be able to sleep too. Yeah. Last week was Lita's. It was the last week of the term. And she had two grades that she wanted to get up. Oh, she had like three papers to write in a day or two. Yeah. And uh, as well as two dance performances at school. And she's got two of those teachers. You know, we've talked about this. Those teachers who like to teach you life lessons in addition to the stupid math problems that you're doing. Oh, yeah. It's like, just teach me how to do math. Apparently, the teacher's so consumed with the teaching them lessons about life that she doesn't tell them that stuff is due and then docks them points and doesn't teach them how to do specific concepts and then docks them points. Well, that's pretty uncool. And and it's driving Lita bonkers. Um, in addition to that, <laughs> the most important Saturday of this half of the year, which is Federation, where they play two solo piano pieces in front of judges. That was on Saturday. And a week ago, Sunday, she was not 
in good, neither of my kids were in good shape on their pieces. And they both knew it. And they both knew it. Lita was a lot more upset than Marla was. Sure. Yeah, makes sense. Lita was so frustrated. There were a few afternoons where she actually banged her hands on the piano keys and got up and just started yelling because she was just, there's so much stress in her life right now. And I totally got it. You know, we, we all lose our cool. Oh, yeah. But Marlo, I mean, we have Federation in five days, and Marlo is, like, purposefully not paying attention and then throwing herself on the floor and saying that her legs hurt. Her legs hurt. Her, her legs only hurt when she practices piano. We've that is my favorite this. excuse ever. Yes. Again, last week, every time she sat down, she said that her legs hurt. And then at night, when I would put her to bed, she would say, you don't believe me that my legs hurt. And I said, well, I find it strange that they only hurt when you sit to play piano. And she says, it's the position that I'm sitting in. (laughs) Position that I'm sitting in? That's... Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Lita really came a long way in five days and she really put in the work for it and managed to get through her term and her her papers and her um, performances and Marlo played first at noon on Saturday and you know I at this point I was just like whatever you know I pay for them to have piano lessons so that they have this extracurricular that they have to work on and they're good at it in fact, there was a, a journalist asked me last week, well, if your younger daughter is causing this much stress and causing you to go into a depression because of her piano, why don't you let her quit? And I was like, uh, Marlo wants to quit wearing pants right. you know, in public. Like Marlo wants to quit eating uh, r- routinely. Marlo wants to quit math. Like anything she doesn't like, Yeah, she wants to quit. Mm-hmm. I honestly have a lot of respect for that, though. <laughs> got to be honest. And she is she is consistent with that. <laughs> and her piano teacher and the girl that sometimes helped her out are both like, you have to keep her. Like, she's just too good. So we go into the room where she plays in front of judges, and I just don't know even what's going to happen. <laughs> and Cowboy turned to me, and he said, what if her legs start hurting? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I had to like, and the room is very solemn and reverent and quiet. And I had to like really hold in a chuckle. She plays this piece, her first piece, which she's never gotten all the notes right ever. I've never heard her once play it right. And she starts playing that piece and effortlessly gets through. Like, it's just beautiful. And I swear to God, she turned over she turned her head over to look at me in the middle of the song and was like, what's up? She's totally fucking with you. She's totally fucking with me. Oh my God. And then got to the end of the piece and it was like the room like t- took a collective, a collective gasp, like, oh, that was amazing. And I was like, that little fucker. What? <laughs> After all of that she, for like an entire she, week. She looked over her shoulder at me like, what's up? Um, her second piece was a little less polished only because they made her wait like four or five minutes in complete silence while they filled out sheets. So she was just kind of psyched or what? I, it was, it was, all of us were sort of uncomfortable sitting there 
And I think it just sort of like jostled her a little bit, but she recovered very well. And then we had to come back to the hall for Lita's performance at 2.30. (laughs) Our upright grand piano is 120 years old. Okay. And we've had it retuned and retuned and retuned, but it, it can only go so far because it's so old. And the pianos that they have in this concert hall are magnificent, gigantic grand pianos. As always, like she's played here before, they both have. Yeah. Okay. But Lita hasn't played these pieces on those pianos. And we go in that room and I oh my God, she fucking, like, it was, it was like a hailstorm of brilliance. And like all, you could, you looked at the judges' faces and like their mouths opened as she was hitting these notes and they were the notes were just like almost like setting the windows on fire and it was just glorious and she played it perfectly she played both pieces just brilliantly and I always cry when (laughs) she does this but I I completely started sobbing like uncontrollable and I, I had to try to keep it silent I did my best to keep it silent but I just started sobbing and they were really happy with her and they they let us out of the room and there's other people waiting around in the hallway to go do their stuff and everybody's just looking at me because you're like like, a wreck (gasps) (laughs) and she's leaves like are you okay i'm like no i'm not okay (laughs) oh wow yeah so despite end of term she still still killed it she still killed it and then she slept in until two. Holy shit. Yesterday. Yeah. I have it's never been. slept. I don't even think I've ever slept until noon in my entire life. <laughs> Good Lord. She stayed up a little bit watching some television, um, but she, she slept in. She can, And then she went back and took a nap later on. That is the part of it that always amazes me. And I was never a nap taker either, but Lexton will go to bed at a pretty reasonable time and then sleep in until 11 and then by like nine o'clock he's dead yeah and i mean it's not that he just like i mean yesterday was an exception but he's usually up and about and active and doing things so he i know he burns energy but i feel like it's like there's no amount of sleep that is enough right at this age i don't know why i i remember that like i remember Especially in college, like on the weekends in college, I would sleep in until 11, wake up, have some cereal, go back to bed for three hours, wake up, have some more cereal. Oh, <laughs> it's just being like really, really, really super drowsy, just because they go and they go and they go and they go during the week. And um, I know we do too, but their little bodies are getting used to that pace, I think, and growing right. as well. Well, and I think the primary difference is that we can't do that. Yeah. So, like, even though we feel that way, we we can't, like, mentally get to the point of really succumbing to that because there's just, I mean, I think we've talked about this before, but I have friends who will, you know, get off work and take a nap for an hour. I'm like, that's, yeah. that's not really an, a thing for me. <laughs> so, I mean. We've had to work our way. We've had to work ways around any urge to do that because that urge can't exist for us. 
Right. Yeah. And that's what, like, people will make comments like, wow, I don't know how you keep going or how you have so much energy. I'm like, I don't, there's no option. Mm -hmm. And it's been this way for so long that I don't even think about it. It's not even that I have energy. I'm just like a quickly moving corpse is all it is. (laughs) Oh, man. Sometimes it feels like that, doesn't it? It, Oh, God, it totally does. These last few weeks have felt especially brutal. Just kind of on, on all fronts. Which is why I think spring break, I mean, and with Lexton being 15, 15 today, actually. So 15 today. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Happy birthday, Lexton. Yeah. So he's, I mean, like, like Lita, I mean, I could honestly probably leave the house for four days and come back and he would be fine and would have prepped meals and I'm sure there'd be dishes everywhere, but it would have been relatively okay. But it's still too have a week without that routine after just a couple weeks that have felt especially draining. Uh It's a daunting, it's a daunting seven days to walk into. (laughs) Lita actually told me, uh, you you said that about, you know, leaving and coming back and everything being okay. She is begging me. Uh, We're trying to figure out how to, we're trying to figure out the kid situation when I go on my book tour. Because there are a couple weeks in there where it's just go, 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 go. Right. And she's like, let grandmommy take Marlo and just let me stay at the house by myself. Please, please. That like for the whole five days you're gone, just let me stay by myself. (laughs) Wow. That's pretty cool though. Yeah, she's begging me to do that. Yeah. Do you find it at all though, like that it's spring break, that... Are you finding any sort of peace in the fact that you don't have to take him to school or pick him up or do any of that work? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely peace in losing that part of the routine, especially, Mm -hmm. and I know I've mentioned this, but with him being just part-time, it's such a small window, so it prevents me from scheduling calls at certain times, but also prevents me from getting work done when he's at school because it's not really long enough. So that is, that's great. And that flexibility has been really great, but it's also hard because I think what I acknowledge is he's super independent, but we don't really have public transit. So there's really no way for him to get around outside of on foot, which is not super problematic. I'm relatively close to like the city center downtown of where I live. Mm-hmm. There's only so much he can do. And every right. year, and this is why it's sort of bittersweet that his birthday is always on spring break. Every year, 90% of his friends are gone all of spring break. Ugh. So it's impossible yeah. to have a party. It's really hard for him to get together with anyone. And at 15, he doesn't really, it's not like he needs a party. It's not that he was really planning anything, but it's just, that's why I let him space out of the video games yesterday because no one was home. Like literally he probably went through 10 different numbers texting people and everyone's in Florida or visiting family here or doing that. And he just feels stuck. So it's hard. That's got to suck. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's not even that he wants, it's, it's not like he is envious of people who are going to Florida. He just wants people to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And that's hard. And, you know, so I have to constantly remind him, like, yeah, you have spring break, but no one not in school has spring break. That's not a thing. So <laughs> I still have work to do. Yeah. Yeah. And I try to break it up and whatnot so that we can at least get out and do things. But 
I know that at 15, I was probably not too eager to just randomly wander around places on my own. You know, you need, you need friends around to help you make trouble and whatnot. So yeah, that's been a it's, challenge. It's, it's not as fun to go to the mall by yourself. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. And even, I mean, even with Lita, like you're, you're closer to a big city, so there's more to mm-hmm. do. But at a certain point when you're 15, there's not that much more to do. Right. Kind of run, I mean, there's like the mall and movies and eating. Right. And after a while, it just it kind of wears on you. I mean, I will say he hasn't really complained about boredom, so that's good. But. Girls like to just hang out and talk. They always have that option. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm generalizing, but I mean, that's what I did with my friends is to sit around and talk and gossip. And, you know, that, that was entertainment. And that's turned out to be sort of the thing for her, too. Right. And I think, I mean, I would, my group of friends in high school was mixed of boys and girls. And we would get together in groups of, you know, four or six or eight or 10 people and hang out and talk or walk and get something to eat or like, but there was a group. And I think that's one thing that I feel, I kind of feel for Lexton that he's missing is because he has lots of good friends, but none of them are in the same circles. So that, that group doesn't exist. And my group was because everyone lived within like six blocks of my house. Yeah, exactly. And that's not a exactly. thing. I feel like subdivisions have kind of made that more difficult. I will say that there is a house across the street from us that owns a very giant piece of property. And they have three dogs. Oh, this is the trampoline people, right? Yeah, the trampoline yep. people. And Marlo, because the weather got a few days over the last couple of weeks, have been just brilliantly wonderful. And she will spend hours over there with Coco and the dogs jumping on the trampoline by herself. And I'm like, oh gosh, she's getting a little bit of a taste of the free roaming experience. But there aren't any kids in the neighborhood that she plays with. So, so. It's, and she's just cool with being over there on her own. Yeah. Which is nice. I mean. Yeah, it's teaching her to entertain herself. Although she has those dogs to entertain her as right, well. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's definitely some huge benefits to taking that time alone. Mm-hmm. But I just like, like anything else, there's a certain point where it's just, it's no longer beneficial and it's just frustrating. Yeah. And they, I mentioned to them this week that I wanted to take some time and spend it with them and maybe go see some movies and watch some TV together. And if we, you know, we're homebodies, <laughs> they don't want to go to a museum and they don't want to go to like, a, a display of anything. They just want to hang with me, I think is the top, like how we like to spend time together. So I even, <laughs> I even asked Lita if she wanted to go shopping with me. You invited her shopping? Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh God. So I know I even said this in, in front of cowboy and cowboy like was having a bite of food and almost choked on it he was like what did you just say and i was like well um so i'm taking the publicity of my book really seriously i'm getting whenever i have a crew in my house like i'm getting my hair and makeup done which is one less thing i have to worry about but like i'm 
I set aside some of my advance to do this. And then when you're on TV, you know, you're, you're not supposed to wear uh, like black or white or um, really wild patterns. Those are like the basic rules. Okay. Just so that, you know, it's not distracting. People are like paying attention to what you're saying instead of the fact that they can't see the screen because of the gigantic Hawaiian flowers on your shirt. Right. So I was looking at my wardrobe and I need some, I need some key pieces to wear on screen and I need to go shopping for those. I asked Lita if she wanted to come with me to look for them. <laughs> And she, and she, was, she was like, did you just ask me to go shopping with you? <laughs> I did. I did. You're allowed. You're allowed to, to hate me. Right. This will probably never happen again. <laughs> did you, have you done this? No, I think I've got some time tomorrow and sometime on Thursday, but I have to get it done really soon. Uh, just to coordinate shoes and all that, all that stuff, you know, which is like her her world she's, she's yeah. gonna love that as long as you don't dress like a middle-aged mom <laughs> then she'll be all for it right oh, man. well yeah yeah i was gonna so i wrote about this on my website yesterday i was talking to the publicists in canada for my book because I mentioned to them that because I can't send book plates internationally, um, that I wanted to do something for the Canadians who supported me over the years. And so we're batting around some ideas. And they were asking me about dates that I was available. And for me, the calendar on my phone, for some reason, visualizes better in my head than the calendar on my computer. Okay. I, I can I understand weeks and months visually better on my phone. I don't know what it is. So I, as she's talking to me, I run down to my desk to look for my phone, can't find it. Run upstairs to the bathroom, it's not in there. Run upstairs in the kitchen, it's not there. <laughs> like right before I said, can you hold on just one second? I need to go find my phone. <laughs> I'm talking on it. Oh God. <laughs> And I was like, Lita, you are free to hate me for that one too. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> because she loses everything. She loses everything. She's lost three coats this year so far. Holy shit. That's cool. It's like, yeah. it's like one a month. That's actually more impressive than anything else. <laughs> well, I went, I went out, I guess it was, it was yesterday. So like Monday night, I asked Lexton, we were finishing dinner. Like, Do you want to go get ice cream? kind of looked at me because I don't typically like on a weeknight, we don't usually go anywhere because I just would rather kind of come down from the day. Yeah. It's like, yeah, why? <laughs> like, well, you like ice cream. And I was like, I, and I need to, I need to go to target. It's like, what do you need to get to target? Like, well, gift wrap for your presents that I still don't have. And he like stops mid bite. He's like, Aren't you the one that always tells me not to wait until the last minute? This is awesome. It's like, yeah, we'll do that. So we get to Target. And he jokingly, he's like, oh, do you need to get my card too? It's like, shit, you know what? I do actually. I don't have a card for you yet. So I have. St he has already mentioned that in the last 12 hours, like 
a dozen times at least. Uh-huh. Like, oh, remember when you forgot to give me my card? That was great. <laughs> Little bastard. Right? We went, we went to dinner last night and she, get, she gets in the car. She's like, do you have your phone? Do you know where your phone is? Do you have your phone? I'm like, shut up. Yeah. Be quiet. We've reached that point now. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, we were sitting around the table the other night, or the other morning, and we were talking about the requirements to be president, that you have to be 35 years old, and you have to be a natural born citizen of the United States. And I was trying to help him. I'm like, what? Was the other, what are the other requirements? And he jokingly said, well, you, you know, you have to be a man. <laughs> And I said, and yeah, you know, a few years ago, we changed that to you can actually be a black man. And Lena said, well, yeah, and a couple of years ago, we changed it so that you could also be orange. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. Like, without without missing a beat, she jumped in and said that. They're like uh, full-on people now. Yeah. Which is awesome, but also so strange. So strange. Full-on people who are full-on aware that we have left them with a catastrophic possibility. It's not even a possibility. It's an eventuality. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is, it's, it's all kind of scary to think about because you look at what millennials walked into and were then blamed for, mm-hmm. and then what our kids are going to be walking into and inevitably blamed for is far worse. Even. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of depressing. It's not even kind of depressing. It's just flat out depressing. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I was, I was having this conversation with someone the other day about millennials and college, college debt. And this person didn't understand, well, like, why is college debt such a thing for millennials? Like, why why are millennials the one that have so much debt for for going to, you know, higher education? And I was like, well, first of all, I went to a, a school that I had a scholarship, and the tuition at my school was ridiculously low. And I also think that millennials were led to believe that without a college education, they couldn't pursue what they what they needed to pursue. And am I right about this? Oh, 100%. I mean, the the whole the way it was all framed is basically without a college education that is when you will die poor and alone. Like there was no in between. Okay. You went to college or your life was shit. Right, and I was not pressured like that. 
Um, college was important. Like, we should go to college. But, like, I never remember being like, you have, you, you got to prepare for college. You got to prepare for college. You got to prepare for college. I just remember it being like, yeah, college is important. But so is, you know, all these other options. It just wasn't ever drilled into me. Like, I think it was drilled into the millennial generation. I think it's I think it's probably true. I mean, my parents were very realistic about it. It was the same thing on my end is that college is important and we think you should go, but not do or die. But everything from high school on, like from freshman year on, was very much not what do you want to do with your life? Like what are some ideas and what are the paths to get there? But like what college do you want to go to and what degree do you want to get? Yes. Because that's going to define you. Not like, oh, you want to work on cars. Okay, well, you don't actually need to go to a four-year university. You can go to trade school. Like all of these other paths, or maybe you want to be an entrepreneur and maybe you don't need a four-year business degree for that. You need this other route or no college. Or It was just everyone has to, everyone has to have a degree. So I, I think I'm, I talked about going and sitting down with Lita and her guidance counselor and her guidance counselor asking her, okay, so what do you want to do? And I'm, she's a freshman in high school. Are, is she supposed to know the answer to that already? And then she's like, well, what college do you want to go to? What are you thinking about? And it's like, whoa, stop, 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 stop. She's got two tests that she's worried about tomorrow. Right. I just want to get her through that. It's just poorly framed because I think the question of like, what do you want to do at 15? You don't know the options that are out there. Like, you know, the really big broad options like I want to be a teacher or a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer but you don't realize that there's like 300 kinds of engineers Mm -hmm. and I feel like they should approach it from more of a you know what are your interests right now what are your interests were you interested in those things two years ago like let's try to calibrate where your interests are and based on those interests here are just some things to think about and then we'll check in in 10th grade and see if the interests have changed and what's out there because I think that's something that teenagers understand they know what they're interested in and I think they can even say well I really like this thing but it's just kind of a fad and I'm not really that into it it's just cool right now versus I've been playing piano for eight years and I love it you know yeah. and I, they just they frame it in such a weird way like you have to pick your life direction when you're 14 years old right it's nuts I, right I mean and if you think about it like that I mean, Lita, she likes piano. I mean, she's very self-motivated to practice and she she plays it well. And we were even joking on the way to Federation on Saturday about her piano teacher and how she's got such a wide range of students. I mean, Lita is her prize, pride and joy right now. She's like the the oldest and best of the group. And then the youngest is like five years old and just beginning and, you know, and she talks about how funny they are and how fun it would be to teach them. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? You would like to teach oh, wow. young kids piano? And she's like, yeah, I kind of think it would be fun. And I mean, maybe she develops an interest in wanting to like, so her teacher has a master's in piano education. I see. I didn't even know that was a thing. Piano instruction. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe that's something... That's an that's an option. Lita loves art. Lita loves photography. Lita actually does like to write. But asking her to like settle on something at fifteen and telling her that okay, what college? What college? What college? It's like whoa, whoa. 
Yeah, because then you're putting you're putting the pressure on the name of the university and the type of degree. And that's right. not a path to a life that you're necessarily going to be happy with. It's I mean, I'm in my mid 30s and if someone's like what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Like uh, eh, I don't know exactly. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's really hard to say. I feel like it's just based yeah. on this old way of thinking where like our parents' generation, you would go to school or not and get a job and that job was yours for 40 years. Yes. And you retired and that was it. And that's fine, but that's not even close to how life is now. No. And especially depending on where you end up. I mean, I have I have friends who are in software development who've actually told me if you are somewhere for more than 18 to 24 months, people start to wonder why and what is wrong with you because you haven't moved, <laughs> which is really strange, but things have, things have just changed. So I think to put so much weight on specifically what you want to do is just trying to introduce them into a model that no longer exists. Yeah. My father worked for IBM for, I think it was 37 years or more. Yep. And probably uh, never once really thought about leaving. No, he changed positions within the company, but he was in that company and he ha he has a pension. He's like one of the only people I know who has a pension. Right. Um, my mother started with Avon when I was a freshman in high school and then she retired from, so she was 40. Wait, how old was she? So 14 plus 30 is 44, right? Yep. She was 44 and then retired uh, at 67. So she spent like that many years at, with Avon. Wow. Whereas I graduated with an English degree. I worked at Delta Airlines. Somebody taught me how to use Photoshop and I learned HTML by myself. And then I was a graphic designer and a web designer for seven years. And then, <laughs> what the fuck am I now? Right. right. <laughs> I don't know. But even now, I mean, for you, it's like you can't necessarily say, well, I'm an ex. Because mm -hmm. there's, it's not that concrete. Right. Yes, you're, you're a writer and an author, but you're also a speaker. You're also a consultant. Mm -hmm. I mean, like blogging is writing, but it's also not. It's different. So there's not like a concrete... Thing that you can just say, well, I am an electrical engineer. Right. You know? Yeah. What's interesting is Cowboy runs a company here, and he's had employees who work, who have worked for him for 25 years. And often what will happen is he'll bring in a, a kid, like a programmer, and that kid will get really good while working there and then just take off to San Francisco. Yep. Sounds right. And then once you get to San Francisco, <laughs> oh man, the landscape there just shifts constantly, sort of like the metaphor for, you know, sitting on that tectonic plate. Right. I mean, like in Los Angeles, I worked, I think, at five different companies. Yep. Yeah. And that's just how it is. It's not bad. It's mm -hmm. just the way of the world. Yeah. And there's so many people now that are around my age or younger than like have a degree in nursing and opened a coffee shop 
or have a <laughs> master's degree in chemistry and they brew beer. Like, and, and not that I'm saying those things are bad, but I just wonder if a lot of these people ended up sort of getting pigeonholed in this education path and carried it through and not that they regret it, but like, if you really wanted to open a coffee shop, you didn't have to spend four years getting a nursing degree. <laughs> you could have done something else and yeah. ended up in the same exact place and, and maybe happier for it. Because if you're going to mm -hmm. run a coffee shop for the rest of your life, that nursing degree is irrelevant and I, led to student yeah. loan debt more than likely and stress that you probably didn't need. And you know, um, Europeans have—I don't know if it's most Europeans, but I know at least in in Britain, um, in England, they take a gap year. Yep. Where they go and they travel and they experience life, and then they go to college. And having that experience of seeing the world or seeing a different culture or a different landscape really informs how they go about their education. And I, I love that idea. I love. I, I think kids should have, they should work jobs <laughs> with the, with, with, in service industries or, you know, menial tasks just so that they understand what that means. Oh, yeah. I don't think they'll mind me saying this because uh, Cowboy's brother, I think, dropped out of college after a year or two because he didn't like going to class and took a job. I think it was either roofing or working on gutters. And it was just really hard, backbreaking work. And he remembers <laughs> being on a roof and looking into an office building at someone working on a computer and how clean the office was and bright it was. And, and he daydreamed about it for a while and then decided that he wanted to go get an architectural degree. So wow. he's an architect living in San Francisco now. Wow. Mm -hmm. And he probably would have never found that. Mm -hmm. Had he not done, you know, a trade job. Had first. he not been standing on that roof and looking in that window and thinking, I don't want to do this. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, countries where like military service is mandatory for X number of years. And I feel like, I mean, for a totally different purpose, but something like you, you're going to graduate high school and then you need to work in food service or retail or any number of those service industries for 18 months to understand what it's like and to experience the world. Because in, I think in it's important to understand the services because you're going to be accessing them forever. And it gives you a yeah. very different respect for the people who work in those areas. But you also cross paths with people from everywhere, all walks of life, all different perspectives, yes. all different ages, in a way that you don't really get anywhere else. I mean, I dropped out of college two years in to be a dad and worked retail for like four and a half years. And I yeah. hated every minute of it, but I like how it helped shape who I am. Right. And I have so much respect for food service and retail and, you know, phone customer service. And because of that, hundred percent. Oh, and I am very judgmental about people who don't tip well. Oh, yeah. Very, oh, yeah. very judgmental. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I worked the phones at Delta, I try to be really patient with customer service representatives um, who are trying to work on a problem for me. Um, and I assure them, like, you know, I'm, I'm upset, but I'm not upset at you. I know that this is not your 
your fault. You're just sort of trying to solve a problem for the company that you work for. And then I worked uh, at Great Harvest Bread Company. So that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, you and that was a nonstop work, a constant flow of people. It was the busiest great harvest in in the world, and just a constant flow of different people and different attitudes. You're right, and I I worked as a, a hostess at Landry's Seafood House in Memphis, Tennessee. All of my money, because I made two dollars and thirteen cents an hour, so all of my money was what the waiters tipped me out at the end of the night. Oh wow, and, that was a hundred percent of yeah. your pay. That was 100% of my pay. Wow. Um, so, and again, you, you meet so many different people and it teaches you how to interact with people. Such, I think, an invaluable lesson in navigating public life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And f- food service is a special beast, I think. Actually, both food and, <laughs> yeah. and call centers, I think, are... Unique. I mean, all of my experience, I worked at a Crate and Barrel in a Banana Republic. And I mean, like I said, I didn't like it, but just the, the people you come across and the interactions and the lessons you learn, they are invaluable. And, you know, I don't have like an inspirational story where I something triggered me to know what I wanted to do, but it was just important for me to experience that and to understand that industry Mm -hmm. to know to respect it and to know that I was probably not a good fit in it (laughs) at all because I was was terrible and you know some people will get it would get into it and think you know what I'm going to manage this store right I like doing this I want to manage all of this yeah which is like what my mom did my mom got into Avon as a basic manager and my mom was like wait a minute I want to run this thing yeah and she did (laughs) yeah but they don't you know when they say like what college do you want to go to or what you know what do you want to do for a living and you say well i want to work i want to be a server that's not an answer that they accept because that's not a job someone just at the beginning of ninth grade was was asking lexton what he wanted to do it was a counselor at the school and there's like a science store near us that's right up his alley for a 15 year old. And he's like, Oh, I really want to work there. She goes, okay, but like a real job. <laughs> and I said, no, that's, that's a real job at 15. So that's, yeah. that's what you do at 15. And that's how you start to figure out what you want to do later. I'm like, do you really expect that he's going to say, I want to be this exact thing. And that's going to stick for the next eight years until he's through college. Like the odds of that happening are incredibly slim. Yeah. And if he, maybe he, he goes there at 15 and loves it and then does want to manage it and then opens his own. That's fine. That would be awesome if that's really where the passion is. But I just hate this dismissive attitude that some of these things are not, are not acceptable. I mean, there are people who are career servers. That's what they do. Yeah. And they love it and they're great at it. And they have, and, and maybe they, maybe there's a flexibility with that job that makes, that, that we don't understand. And they were like, I, you know, I work and then I leave. Like, I don't take work home with me. Right. I don't have to take home a brief. I don't have to take home a deadline. I serve people and then I leave. And then I can like exchange shifts that I, so that I can go away for the weekend. Yep. You know, my stylist, she started out, you know, doing hair and then 
she's really, really, really good at both cup, but she's really good at color, especially. And so she decided that she was going to take some classes and she became the Kara Stoss representative. Okay. And so now in addition to cutting and coloring hair, she manages a line of salons in Salt Lake City and travels across the country on a weekly basis to go teach Kara Stoss tutorials. This is all because she discovered these talents and these interests that she had while she was doing it. Right. And she is, she loves it. She absolutely loves it. And it's something she wouldn't have discovered if she had had to sit down and say, what four-year college do I want to go to and what is my degree? <laughs> Can you see her telling her guidance counselor, I want to become a Karastas representative? Right. <laughs> I mean, like, what the hell does that even mean? That's not a thing. So no. Yeah. It is, it's, it's frustrating. And I do think that that is part of what kind of set millennials up on their path. Yeah. And the fact that it hasn't changed is concerning. Well, and I also don't think that millennials get enough credit for how resilient they have been in the face of all of this. Millennials are faced with having to switch jobs quite frequently, and they do. Right. They manage to do so. They manage to find a way. Well, I think there's another... There's the piece of it, too, I think, with especially with people who stayed with a company for so long. You end up embracing this attitude that... I mean, I heard this when I, when I quit to freelance. Like, well, no one really likes their job. You just deal with it. Like, mm-hmm. you just suck it up. Things aren't perfect. And that's the attitude that so many people have taken on. And then I think... Then when, when millennials come in and they're like, you know, this actually, this isn't okay. This is kind of shit. Then they're, then they're just whiny and entitled when really the, the system is just kind of shit. Yeah. It's ultimately what it is. And I think with enough, like with hearing that often enough, then you have an entire generation that starts to, some of them at least start to internalize that. I mean, like, oh, they're right. I am, I am just being entitled and I just need to suck it up and this is life. And that's such a depressing outlook. And, and many millennials are finding themselves unable to stay in a job that provides them health care. And the health care crisis in this country is just stupid. Right. And you guys, you guys and, and myself, I, I include myself in this, I am finding the the cost of premiums is going to become untenable with the, the fact that the premium doesn't cover anything. There's that uh, desperation and hopelessness too. Right. That makes you stay because you're afraid mm-hmm. to lose that. Yeah. Yep. And then I think oftentimes you get, you just end up getting beaten down and stop saying things and that's like just accepting that unhappiness is normal, mm-hmm. which it is. I mean, it's part of life, but it's not all of life. And that's kind of what it becomes. I remember, uh, did you ever work for a company that gave you healthcare? Oh yeah. Yeah. When I think back to those times when I had healthcare come through, through a company, when I could go to the doctor and not be scared about what was going to happen or how much it was going to cost or, you know, I think back to how 
the that stress being removed was incredible. Um, not having to worry about that component was such a stress relief in life. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we both chose to give that up. So I, I acknowledge yeah. that, but that shouldn't be, you shouldn't have to give up that lack of stress to start a business or to do something different yeah. that you like, like that shouldn't be the price that you pay to do that. I mean, I went, so when I, I was, uh, eventually a manager at Creighton Barrel, and they kept encouraging me to go back to school. So finally I ended up going back two months later because my schedule had to shift. They dropped my hours to 31 and a half because then they wouldn't have to give me benefits anymore. <sighs> And I, I will never forget the store manager and the district manager calling me into the office. And the district manager was like, but you'll be able to find insurance somewhere else probably. So it, I'm sure you'll be fine. Like it was nothing. Like that was just a normal thing. Mm -hmm. And then the company I ended up with after that actually offered domestic partnership insurance. Oh, Not wow. just same sex, but just in just... So I, I covered Heather and Lexton because I could, which was very uncommon right and it was yes. great insurance and anytime something was wrong i didn't even think twice about going in because i knew that it wasn't going to be hundreds or thousands of dollars right and that has definitely changed i don't know if people know this but i don't know if i've ever really talked about it but john and i eloped because he did not have domestic partner insurance at his the place that he worked and I was having some health problems. So we eloped so that I could get his insurance. So health insurance yeah. was the catalyst of the marriage? Yeah, it was. There's probably a lot to talk about there. <laughs> There's a lot to unpack with that <laughs> oh, one. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But it's, mm -hmm. but it's indicative of the issue. Like staying at a miserable job because you don't want to lose insurance. Getting married so you can yeah. get insurance. Like it's... That should not ever have to factor in <laughs> to another major life decision. No. Uh, there's a woman I follow on Twitter. She's a brilliant writer. I think she lives in Montana. And she said that the most coveted job in the small town where she lives is Costco. Because they raise their minimum wage to $15 an hour. They treat their uh, employees incredibly well. And they all get benefits. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So they just treat don't think that I normally. haven't thought about it. Right, what? Right. <laughs> oh man! Marlo told me I should do it just so that I could bring home all the samples. That's why she wants you to work at Costco. Yeah. Oh wow! I've heard really good things about working at Costco. Yeah, from I have lots too. of people. I, th I feel like they're a union too. Yeah, and I've never. I can say this: I have never been through a Costco checkout experience that was unpleasant. They've always talked to me and joked with me and been happy and smiling and like, it's a fun thing to, to check out at Costco, yeah. even though it's crazy. Oh, it's always insane. But And this is not a sponsor. This is not sponsored by Costco right. by any means. Right. <laughs> but I would like to champion a company that gives its employees benefits and a decent minimum wage. Yeah. A place where people want to work. Yeah. 
Not entirely clear how we got here once again, but... I don't know how we got here either. <laughs> just like that, it worked out. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> We've only got just over half of spring break to go. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to Lexum. Thank you. 15 is fun. Yeah, 15. I realize he can take, he can actually take driver's ed now. He just can't get his learner's permit until he's 15 and a half, I think. Yeah, it's the same here, I believe. So, although I asked him about it, he's not, I, and I think in part because he can't even get his permit yet, but he's not like super eager to jump into driver's ed. But I suspect that will yeah. change when summer hits. Because then yeah, he can do driver's ed and then get his permit in the fall. Yeah, my, my, my question in my head is like, do I let her drive my car? Or do I get her a car? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to have to feel that out. I think I'm okay with him driving I, my car if I'm in it. I, I didn't factor this decision into the decision to have children. I didn't, I didn't think 15 years down the line, oh, I might have to get my child a car. I forgot about that. I feel like in some respects, I, and I base this just on friends that I've had, it's almost easier when you have a few kids because you can buy a shitty car for your oldest mm-hmm. and then it's just a shittier car when your second oldest gets it and then it's just a shittier car when your third oldest gets it, which is not a bad thing because you don't need to own an amazing car as your first car. No, only you just you just want to get a car that doesn't constantly break and you ha- constantly have to fix. Right, right. it just has to run yeah. reasonably well. Yeah, it can be exactly. ugly as all shit. Like I don't, I don't care. But then when I think about that, I'm like, I don't want to just get a car like I, that can't be passed down. You know? Yeah. yeah. And he's kind of yep. into cars, so I know that whatever whatever car I got him would be not the car he wanted anyway. So I'm kind of just inclined to say you can drive my car and save up for your own buy one save up your money buy a thousand dollar car and that will be the car you love most in your life probably Mm -hmm. mostly i just don't want to drive 1979 dotson 510 yeah yeah it looked like a cockroach well you took damn good care of it i loved that car it was a stick shift and it was amazing see yeah Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we don't have to cross that bridge quite yet. And good luck to okay. everyone listening whose, whose kids are also on spring break. We feel for you. Even if you're on vacation, we feel for you. It can be a rocky, can be a rocky week. Yeah. Although I did sleep in until 9 o'clock this morning. Really? Which might have been a mistake because I'm really disoriented. But it also felt it's- amazing. It felt it did, and but then I woke up and I'm like, oh, it's Tuesday. Oh shit! Yeah. And so I, I'm really disoriented. Yeah, that'll do it. So. Mm-hmm. I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining at all. Nope, you slept in on a Tuesday, so there's really, yeah. really not a lot to complain nope. about. Nope. But if any of you have uh, anything you want to say about millennials, good or bad, or you know, the service industry. I want to hear this. I want to hear like crazy stories from people who worked in the service industry. What people have said, like those are my favorite things about working in those jobs are the crazy requests from people. 
Yes. You know? Yeah, we would definitely love to hear those. So you can you can email any and all of that to stories at manicramblings.com or you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings or Patreon at patreon.com slash manicramblings. And until next time, please tip well. Like, don't just leave like 5% or 10%. Like, those people are standing on their feet for however many hours a day and, you know. And they're doing a hell of a job. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.